Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello and welcome back to Box Office Bingers, the podcast where we talk about movies, we talk about TV shows, we talk about whatever the hell is on our mind at the moment we're thinking about it. Uh, Ernesto, we have one hell of a show for everyone today. We do, we do. We've got some news. It's the beginning of the month, so that means it's time for new to streaming. We're going to talk about what you're watching, and then we're going to be reviewing... Aaron Schneider's film on Apple TV Plus, Greyhound, starring Tom Hanks. So what's uh, what's the news, this, man? I think uh, last week I just won the Emmys. We got the Emmy nom- nominations. Yeah, we did. So the Emmy noms were just dropped, and there's a couple of big categories and a couple of hard questions that need to be answered. Who's going to win that top spot? So we're going to go over a few of the nominations, kind of like the top categories uh, and kind of give you guys what we think about it. So we're going to start off with the Outstanding Drama Series. We have Better Call Saul, The Crown, The Handmaid Tale, Killing Eve, The Mandalorian, Ozark, Stranger Things, and Succession. All of these are from what I've heard. I've seen some of them, and all of these just sound great shows. Uh, Ernesto, I feel like you watch more TV than I do. I feel like this is more your speed on, like, I feel like you have a well-roundedness on what to expect from, like, and how these shows are. So what are you feeling on this category? There's a lot, a lot of good ones on there. Especially, I guess my top three would be Better Call Saul, Ozark, and Succession. More Leaning more towards Succession and Better Call Saul. But, man, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale this past season was good. Um, not as great as the previous seasons, but I thought it was still pretty good. Um, and I haven't seen Killing Eve, but... I've been hearing a lot of good things about it, so I think it's something I'm probably going to check out pretty soon. Okay. And so if you had to pick a winner based on their all their current season from what, you, what, what, from what you've seen, where, where, where do you lie? I know it's a hard one. It's a hard question to ask. They're, they're all dramas, but they're all so different. Like Ozark is, so dark, is literally so dark. Like oh, yeah. It's so, so such dark, dense material. And, I mean, Better Call Saul is dark, has a lot of dark, obviously has a lot of darkness to it, but, and even, and even Succession, Succession and Better Call Saul have a little bit more comedy in there, but, I mean, Ozark is probably the most, leaning more towards the, the drama, on, on the drama side. Right, and then you got Jason Bateman. You get Jason Bateman's dry humor that he throws in there, which works seems to work in any scenario. Right. Um, I don't know. I I honestly I honestly don't know. It's at least for those three. I'm not even mentioning the other the other ones, which they're great in their own right. I just right for me those are my top three. I don't know where where are you where are you at with those? I mean, from the from the ones I've seen, I've seen three out of the seven eight nominees here. So I've seen The Mandalorian, Ozark, and Stranger Things in its entirety, and I'm gonna t- I mean, I love 
The Mandalorian. I had a great time watching it every week. I saw Stranger Things season three in a day, and I did like a really big binge over the beginning of our quarantine and watched all seasons of Ozark. So, I mean, I really love Ozark season three. I thought they really stepped it up a notch. I really liked Stranger Things season three. That was such a great season uh, from beginning to end. Like, I love the vibe. But as far as like a drama, I'm not sure if I put it in that category. I felt like I laughed a lot more or just enjoyed it more. Uh, but I do get it. it. It is classified as a drama. So, I mean, as of right now, I think like I think Ozark is is a is a is a good one for me. I think that that should get the title from the ones I've seen. I think that one just kind of fits it all. And then also that cliffhanger at the end of season three. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, all right. So now we're going to move on to outstanding comedy series. And so we have Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dead to Me, The Good Place, Insecure, The Commence, The Commence Me, the, nope, The Commence, thank you, yes, The Commence Method, method. Uh, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Schitt's Creek, and What We Do in the Shadows. So, Ernesto, where where's your thoughts on these? Well, I haven't seen What We Do in the Shadows. I haven't seen Schitt's Creek, but it sounds like a show that, I would I would probably enjoy I hear a lot of it's like one of those family dramas a lot of people seem to enjoy it so I don't know maybe uh what were the other ones you said uh so we got Kirby Enthusiasm Dead to Me The Good Place Insecure I know you just finished Insecure not too long ago right yeah see Dead to Me Insecure and The Good Place a good I don't know Good Place seems like it it's probably if I had to pick off the top of my head, it would maybe between the good, probably the good place. Good place. Yeah, I, I liked the ending of the good place. I thought it was like a good cap off. Um, I don't see Dead to Me winning this category, but honestly, even if I, I haven't seen it, I heard great things about Shit's Creek. A lot of people were watching it. They were raving about how good it was. And so I feel like just based off word of mouth, I feel like that's the comedy series that's going to get. I know The Marvelous Miss Maisel has won it. Almost every time it was nominated, so maybe they might give it off to somebody else this time around. And there's a lot of good things about that show, so that's that's kind of where my money is for that. Where which one's the winner? Um, and then and then this might be a hard one, but also maybe not. Uh, we got outstanding limited series. Uh, we have uh, Little Fires Everywhere, Miss America, Unbelievable, Unorthodox, and Watchmen. Those are the the choices we have. So I've seen two of these. How many of you have? Oh, Watchmen. I know I've seen Watchmen. I've heard about Unorthodox. I've heard that was good. Um, you know, my memory sucks. What were the first, yeah. what were the first ones? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll repeat it again. Little Fires Everywhere, Miss, Amer- uh, Miss America. That's uh, Kate uh, Blanchett. Uh, Unbelievable, which is on Netflix. Unorthodox and Watchmen. I'm going to go Watchmen, That's, yeah. but I'm very biased <laughs> towards comic book <laughs> material. But no, but I thought, I mean, we, we raved about Watchmen earlier this year. I mean, we did. and how odd and how weird is that? Like, you know, look at the world where it is now. And that thing starts with the Tulsa riots. And even months later, we're still talking, you know, things are happening in the world where we're talking about that. It's like, how weird is like all that stuff that happened in that show and how, how relevant it is to what's going on in the world. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I am I out of I've seen Unbelievable on Netflix, and and though I did like it, I feel like Watchmen is just on a different Same. level. 
it's on a different level. Correct. It's really good. Uh, I feel like that's a no-brainer uh, on that. And, and and those are just some of the categories. I'm sure if you if you Google search the 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 72nd uh, nom, uh, Emmy nominations, you will get a full list of all the other nominees that are there. But these are just the three of the top categories. And I think it'll be an interesting year this year. A lot of good content was yeah. out. Um, even like the, there was this category I'm reading here now, outstanding TV movie, bad educations on that list, as well as El Camino, the breaking bad movie, two of which great films. Great. Uh, and that's yeah. going to be a hard one to, to kind of decipher. I mean, out of that, out of, out of just those two, I'm, I'm, my money's on bad education. That was a great movie. You know, we, we raved Man. about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, this would be an interesting Emmy year and I don't know how they're doing it. This is going to be the first awards show within, uh, our, uh, COVID, our COVID time. So we'll see how they end up doing it. But as of right now, you're going to have to wait until September 20th to see that. And it'll be on ABC. So a little ways to go. And we might bring it back up when we get closer to see if maybe we might've caught one of those shows and, give you our review on it before the awards come out. But uh, we'll definitely let you know the winners uh, when the awards are over in the future. And the last bit of news, which is kind of a, Marissa, this is a really big deal. This is a huge deal. Universal and AMC came to an historic agreement, almost a deal. And I want to preface this. This is only between Universal Pictures and AMC Theaters. This is not a deal that every studio makes with every uh, a movie theater chain. This is just between these two because AMC was like, yo, Universal, what do you mean you're not going to put movies in my theater? That's not going to happen. We're going to boycott you. And then Universal wanted to keep a good standing with AMC. So they came out with this deal, which is kind of kind of incredible that they even reached this agreement. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, but I'll let you know what happened. So the new deal now shortens the, the window, the time between when, when a movie premieres in theater and when uh, you can be able to see the movie on other platforms like the $20 premium video on demand service to just 17 days. So think about this, Ernesto. You can be in the theater, watch the movie, a universal movie, mind you, and then 17 days later, you can watch it at home for $20. Now, that window was used to be 90 days, and after the 90 days, the theater, or the movie studio has the option to pull the movie from the theater if it hadn't done so already, and then you can make it available for people to rent at home for like five or six bucks. And so now there's a, a – so I think if the way I understand this, that that 90-day window is still available for like the 5 to $6 rental price, but after the 17 days, Universal can – charge the 20 bucks for people to see it at home and and then on top of that and here's the crazy part amc will receive a percentage of that revenue if universal decides to pull the movie and put it to uh, premium video on demand so with all of that information ernesto where where, where do you think do you think there's a good idea bad idea i mean it's good i mean it's inevitable they have to they have to make a change i mean they, it's very obvious that they don't really need them anymore, but they still want to keep a good relationship with them because right. of, I mean, obviously past history and, you know, whatever's going to happen moving forward. But I just don't understand why they're going to give them a percentage of their at-home video on demand. Like that, that to me is a strange, that's a strange one. 
Yeah, I feel like that. I, I totally agree with you. That was like the big question mark. I'm like, what? 17 days? That's amazing. But AMC, you're taking a piece of the cut there? I'm sorry, AMC. What From are you home. doing? Like, From home. Hi. Yeah. Like, what Like what are you uh, – like, you didn't do anything for that movie. It's not like you did anything to, to and make if so, And if so – and if they're getting a certain percentage, why shouldn't the other theaters get it one? Like, why doesn't Regal get a cut? Why doesn't Cinemark get a cut? Like, all these other theaters are just as valuable as AMC is. Now, don't get me wrong. I love AMC, and I'm, I'm down for whatever's going to keep them in business. But I just don't under I just to me that's just a strange part of the deal. Like, oh yeah, whatever you make at home that literally has nothing to do with us, we want to cut it out too. <laughs> right, exactly. A hundred percent agree with that. I don't understand that at all. But maybe that was just like AMC's way of like, you know, this is lost money. And 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 keep in mind, Universal doesn't have to pull the movie after 17 days. I'm sure if the latest fast movie is doing great. They're going to leave it in the theater because they're still making a shit ton of money. So, like, that's just an option. And if so, like, maybe Universal for, like, their their lower end movies, like the medium end movies, uh, like, you know, their comedies or their animated movies, I can totally see them pulling early and making this a premium service. But why? Why are they allowed to get revenue? Beyond me. Also, excuse me, do you think other uh, this this easily wide the the opens the door to other movie theaters and other movie companies or movie studios uh are reaching to some sort of agreement like you would think that this deal will be to everybody not just between one movie theater and one movie studio it sounds very strange all around but this was the agreement to more or less keep the peace yeah so it's very interesting but you know what i I, I'm honestly surprised that more movie studios haven't already done the $20 model because it seems to work. Instead, you know, you know, with, with Warner Brothers, they own HBO, so they have HBO Max. With Disney, they have Disney Plus, and so they can just put a movie there. So maybe they feel like it's not needed for them because they have other avenues to go down. But I can totally see Disney being like, hey, I want to take a, a piece of that $17 or 17-day window option and then make the movie available on Disney Plus. That's Sounds like a win-win situation in my head. Uh, so, yeah, I guess time will tell to see if other movie studios want to jump on that action or if other movie studios want to do that as well. But this could be the beginning of something that could be our new normal when we go see movies. And and for that, that's very interesting. But if they're – but Universal's more or less – they're owned by NBC. Yeah. Why couldn't they just – Put it on Peacock. They, they could, could just they, make it a part of. Why couldn't they make it a part of the Peacock service? Make it a premium. You know, you already have the top tier package. Well, if you want the Peacock plus Universal movies package, it's like an extra ten bucks a month or whatever. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That sounds like it sounds like a, a better move for Universal just to do that. I mean, you, I know you just launched Peacock, and you know you're kind of just waiting for it to you know make strides. But why wouldn't you just utilize, like, yeah. give out your streaming service? You already have it. Right. Maybe they, maybe maybe not yet. We'll see. I mean, eventually, you're, you already see this is going to be the beginning of everybody migrating towards some sort of at-home model. Right. Uh, totally. So uh, it's, it's, it's like you were saying earlier, it's inevitable. This is going to happen. We are going to be see, seeing more movies come earlier at home. 
But this is not also this is not the death of movie theaters. Movie theaters are going to be sticking around. It's just the way that we see movies, certain movies, uh, the time frame of which we see movies, that is all going to change. Yeah, it's just going to be different. Yeah, it's just going to be a little different. Uh, all right, and that's all the news we have, and that means now we got you new to streaming for this week. And Ernesto, you know, you know, good old reliable Netflix. You know them. You know, you know how they operate. They give us mountains and mountains of new shit every month. And this month, yeah. it's no different. No different any this month. They have a lot to give you. I'm going to give you some highlights. So to new original movies, on August 14th, Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We just saw him the other day in 17, uh, 7,500 on Amazon Prime. Well, guess what? He's back. He's back with Jamie Foxx, and he's going to give you Project Power. It's it's uh, it's a movie. Uh, the Bow reads, when a pill gives its users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes, hits the streets of New Orleans, a teenage dealer and a local cop must team up with an ex-soldier to take down the group of respon- the, take down the group responsible for its creation. And Ernesto, I'm not sure if you saw the trailer for this, but it looks pretty good. I'm down. Jamie Foxx is in it. And I mean, I love George Gordon Levitt too, so I'm down. I'm not going to watch the trailer. I'm just gonna, when it comes <laughs> out, I'm just going to watch it. <laughs> I'm just gonna, just like no no trailer needed. Thank you. I just thank you. I just I just heard no. Jamie Foxx. I'm good. Yeah, because you know, I don't need to. I, you know me. I don't need to watch the trailer all the time. I want to. I want the story to tell me without right. any outside influence. Because once I start seeing clips, then I'll start figuring out the plot. So I'd rather just watch it fresh to see if I can figure it out. Most of the time, I do pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you have a good eye. I mean, you, you got you got the poster. Like the poster's your trailer. It, that's what it sounds like. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, on August 21st, you and the family can see the sleepover when two when two siblings discover their normal mom is a former thief in witness protection. They must team up to rescue their mother, who has been forced to pull one last job. And the and the and the kids are going to be doing this in the course of an action packed night. That sounds like you and the kids already right there. Sure. <laughs> I think I, I think guess. I, I I just pitched your next uh your, your family movie night. That's next what I, movie night. Next movie night with you and the kids. That's where you're watching. And then like give we'll it g- give it like you know beginning of September because this comes out on August 21st. I can see like hey Matt, guess what we watched? We watched the sleepover, and here's what I think about it. I just I'm just I'm I'm looking ahead in the future. What? It's gonna depend on who started it. That's remember, true. We rotate throughout the family. We get. On who gets to pick the movies next? So that's true. Depending, we'll see. Well, I mean, it's not going to go anywhere. So no, it's maybe not. eventually somewhere down the line. <laughs> Give it a year later. Hey, remember that movie you recommended, The Sleepover? Yeah, we finally got to it. <laughs> finally watched. Finally watched it. it. <laughs> uh, to new shows, you can catch all the seasons of the popular series The Legend of Korra on August 14th. Ernesto, where you are? Where you at on that? On uh, The Last Airbender? Just started season two, episode one. Okay, all right. So you, so we not much. We still got away. We still, we still have a ways to go. Yeah. Okay, all right. So on August fourteenth, just keep it in the back of your head. You got a whole new series you can hop on if you like the ending of the last Airbender. So Legend of Korra, August fourteenth, you can catch that as well as a new original series called Teenage Bounty Hunter, which follows sixteen-year-old fraternal twin sisters 
who, after joining forces with a veteran bounty hunter, dive into the world of bail-skipping baddies while still navigating high school uh, high stakes of a teenage life. So two, two teenagers being bounty hunters. That's a new show you can watch on Netflix, August 14th. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and then on August 21st, you can watch Lucifer for one last time for its fifth and final season. And Cobra Kai, seasons one and two, is making its way over to the streaming service on August 26th after leaving YouTube Premium. Uh, where it has been living for the last couple of years. If you remember on our news segment a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned that Cobra Kai uh, season three, uh, Netflix picked up Cobra Kai for season three. So now, uh, you know, it makes sense that season one and two will eventually make it there. So you can see at least you can start watching Cobra Kai on August 26th. Season three is still on track to premiere on Netflix sometime before the end of the year. So but by the end of this month, you can get a head start and, and kind of watch it if you haven't watched it already on YouTube Premium. Um, so yeah, and then a lot of, Ernesto, I think this is where I'm going to get your attention. This is a lot of, uh, interesting documentaries are debuting this month. I know this is kind of more your speed here. Um, as of right now, you can start seeing Connected, which investigates the surprising and intricate ways in which we are all connected with each other, the world, and the universe. I like the way you read that. Thank you. <laughs> gotta, gotta, you know, <laughs> gotta spice it up a little bit. Uh, so yeah, you can watch. You gotta, you can watch Connected right now to see. Because you know, in Arrested, maybe we are more connected than just more than just box office bingers. Maybe this documentary will show us maybe. that. Maybe. Maybe we'll uh, have to find out. We'll have to find Walk out. Holding hands. <laughs> Walk out holding hands, right? And then uh, for something that I'm actually interested in, uh, and I'm not big into a, a lot of documentaries. I like watching them, but like a lot of them don't really spark my interest. But this one does. This one's called High Score. Uh, it's a docu-series that traces the history of classic video games, featuring insights from the innovators who brought these worlds and characters to life. That is my speed right there. That sounds cool. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, so, like, I've seen other video game documentaries, but I can always see more. Nothing's like anything. If there's like a documentary of any type of movies or video games or more or less the entertainment, that's kind of more my speed. Uh, but you can see High Score on August 19th. And so that's that's your highlight of, of Netflix. As, as always, Netflix, I for, for people who say, you know what, I'm going to get rid of Netflix. I don't know how they're going to do that. You know, uh Michelle, Michelle and Parada, we had her on the show on the show a couple of weeks ago. You can go back to listen to her episode as well as uh, with her husband Andrew. And you know, she told me the other day that she canceled Netflix. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think it was a money <laughs> thing. I think she said she just wasn't watching it as much as she wanted to, and so they just got rid of it. I mean, to each his own. But for me, Netflix is yeah. like, if I'm gonna, Take. if I'm gonna. Yeah. If I'm going to hold on to a streaming service, that's the one I'm going to hold on to. Yeah, different strokes for different folks. I mean, they got uh, Umbrella Academy Season 2 that dropped. I haven't even had a chance to watch that yet. Uh, neither have I. But I, man, wish, I wanted that to be I wanted that to be on my list for what you're watching this week, but it's unfortunately it's not. <laughs> it, it, it didn't make it that way. Maybe next week. We'll, we'll, we'll get it in next week. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Very possible. Yeah, I really want to watch season two. I also haven't gotten it. You know, we were kind of busy lately, Ernesto, with this hurricane that was kind of uh, making its way over to uh, Florida. Luckily, it just 
Uh, Isaias. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, we never have to say that name again. <laughs> I know, All right? That's... <laughs> no disrespect uh, to anybody whose name that is who's listening to this. Yeah. It's, you know. <laughs> Hard, it's uh, a hard name. It's a hard. It, it, it's a hard name. You know how we are with names. We're just not. We're not with it. <laughs> not, we're not, not that great. We, we, well, at least we know that about ourselves. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like with the hurricane, it kind of just you know uh, we were kind of busy over at the news station, so uh, yeah, not a lot of time to watch stuff. But anyway, like uh, before we get sidetracked, yes, I don't know how Netflix is not on the top of everyone's list, but again, as Ernesto said, different strokes for different folks. Uh, but moving on to Hulu, not a lot of new original content coming out for Hulu this month, which is a little bit depressing, but they still got a few things you can look forward to. On August 28th, you can catch the new original Vince Vaughn comedy film called The Binge, which is set in a time where all drugs and alcohol are illegal, with the exception mm. of one day a year, which is that that day of the year is called Binge Day. So you can only imagine, Ernesto, all the shenanigans that happens during Binge Day. Oh, so it's kind of like, um, it's like the purge, but for doing drugs. Yeah, but like, like I mean, and, and alcohol, I guess. But like, you know, some drugs right now are already legal. So like, you mean like, I don't, I don't think like Advil is considered as a drug. But like, can you not take that? You know, I can't take yeah. an Advil. <laughs> if it's a drug. Yeah. I have, I've been waiting all year to get rid of this headache. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. The, the premise sounds interesting. I, I do agree with you. It's like a funny version of the purge. So instead of killing people, it's just drinking alcohol. So I can only imagine all the craziness that happens there. But Vince Vaughn's in it, and I like Vince Vaughn. I love him in Dodgeball. So we'll see. We'll see if this turns out to be a good one. or I mean, it, It's a premise that can go either way. Just like it could be really good or just really bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, then, and then some non-Hulu uh, originals. For you Star Trek fans out there, you can watch the Star Trek films 1 through 6, which is available right now as well as the Shia LaBeouf drama, The Peanut Butter Falcon. I highly recommend that. Great film, Ernesto. I told you I saw yeah. that not too long ago. It's a great movie. You can now watch it on Netflix starting August 6th. Hulu. So that's just a, I'm sorry. Yes, Hulu. Yes, yes. You can start watching that on Hulu starting August 6th. So I definitely recommend that's in a couple of days. So I definitely recommend you guys giving that a look. I, I think Shia LaBeouf's performance in this is like really good. And the story has a lot of heart. Uh, moving over to Disney Plus, a couple of movies are making its way over to the streaming service. Ant-Man and the Wasp and The Greatest Showman, this is The Greatest Show, everybody, will be available on August 14th. The live-action version of Beauty and the Beast, you can catch that on August 21st. Alice Through the Looking Glass on August 28th. Disney Plus also has a couple of new original films this month. Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Cranston. Angelie Jolie, Danny DeVito, DeVito, Helen Mirren, Hamilton, Philippa So, and more. It's an all-star cast, Ernesto. We got going here. Yeah. All, don't even know all what the it's about don't. or the name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the name is the one and only Ivan, which follows a gorilla named Ivan who tries to piece together his past with the help of an elephant named Stella as they hatch to plan to escape from captivity. So I believe 
Uh, Brian Cranston is the ringmaster in this situation. I don't know if he's the bad guy or the good guy, but it, it is a live action. This isn't animated, but I think a lot of actors are giving out their voices and some people are, are actually in it. Um, but this movie was supposed to be in theaters. I think at some point this month it was, it was supposed to be in theaters, but Disney uh, elected it to be on Disney Plus as a Disney Plus uh, original film, which makes sense like they've been doing with Artemis Fowl and other films that should have been in theaters. Um, so, yeah, so you can catch that on August 14th. And then, Ernesto, I don't know if you're I'm not you know, I'm not sure if you, you were too old for this or maybe you're watching it with your kids. But did you ever get into Phineas and Ferb? Yeah, that my kids love. It. I never watched it, but they watch it. They watch okay. it all the time. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe maybe this could be. I might be pitching another family night because Phineas and Ferb are back in an all new movie called Phineas and Ferb: The Movie. Candace against the world. They're coming back, and I know I loved it when I was a kid. I loved that show. I thought it was great. So they're making another movie. You can catch that on Disney Plus on August twenty eighth. Yeah, they've been uh, they've, they've been asking me about it. They've already mentioned it to me that it's coming out. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Dad, when it's my turn, you know, you know what I'm already picking. It's like, I'm a, you already know what I'm gonna pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't gotta tell you anything anymore. It's just like you might as well, as soon as in my day, you just might as well turn it on because that's what we're watching. <laughs> uh, to Amazon Prime, starting right now, you can relive the glory, the glory of Christopher Nolan's Inception. And, and, you know, and after you're done watching that amazing movie, you can go and check out and listen to our creative spotlight of Christopher Nolan. If you haven't done so already, just a shameless plug there. We did a, a character spotlight while we were gone, and uh, we've had a lot of great insight on the great Christopher Nolan. So go to Amazon, watch Inception if you haven't, then come back, listen to us. It'll be a great time, great back and forth. You're not going to regret that. On August 14th, exactly. you can catch a new reality show called The World's Toughest Race, Eco Challenge Fiji. This might be this might be interesting. Uh, it's the ultimate team survival competition that pits contestants in a series of grueling activities and a race around the globe. Ooh. Ooh. It sounds like the amazing race, but maybe more intense. Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can catch that on August 14th. And on August 21st, you can see a new original film, Chemical Hearts. That premieres is based on the popular novel of the same name. This romantic drama follows a high school transfer student who finds a new passion when she begins to work on the school's newspaper. What's that passion, you ask, Ernesto? You have to find out. You just have to watch it and find that out (laughs) on August 21st. So you can catch all that. And finally, HBO, HBO Max. They got actually have a nice little lineup they got going on here you can see the theatrical premieres of jojo rabbit you can see jojo rabbit right now if you haven't taika watita tight tight wow tyke taika watiti that's his name didn't we tell you we didn't we tell you guys we suck at names yes we did did we just said that not too long ago yeah have you not been listening for the last 37 episodes (laughs) (laughs) uh yes taika watiti uh, we reviewed it not, you know, earlier on when we started this podcast. Great movie. Love this movie. Uh, it's now made its way over to HBO. You can watch it right now. Uh, you can see Richard Jewell on August 7th, Birds of Prey on August 14th, Queen and Slim on August 22nd. We, we recently featured that on Recognizing Black Cinema. And you can also watch The Way Back with Ben Affleck on August 28th. 
Though I about that film. I <laughs> I mean it was all right. <laughs> I think I did I compare, <laughs> no. I compared I compared my my lunch that afternoon to maybe something similar to the my experience with the movie if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um correct. Yeah. It was a whole thing. It was a whole you thing. You made it a whole thing. Yes, about I did. the whole experience at the theater is about how your meal at the theater related to how you felt about the film. That is correct. Yes. Uh, and, and who knew that when I saw The Way Back, it would have been one of the last times I was in the theater. That's that's sad to think about now. Just going back. In, um, the, way, in the Way Back. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. I don't know what you did there. <laughs> in the Way Back, you can watch The Way Back and listen to us in The Way Back with with, with ben Affleck. anyway you can watch that on august 28th uh yeah it's it, it's a it's, it wasn't a movie that was made but it was it's, it's like a different take on a sports movie i'll leave it at that uh on august 16th you can catch the premiere now this one i'm really excited for uh you can catch the premiere of lovecraft country it makes its debut to the streaming service. It follows a young African-American who joins up with his friend and uncle to travel across the U.S. in the 1950s in search of his missing father. Along the way, the journey turns into a struggle of survival as they try to overcome both the racist terrors of white America and the terrifying monsters that could be ripped from a Lovecraft paperback. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. That's good. Yeah, there's a lot. To that sounds good, though. Um, and get and guess who's behind this? You want to take a guess on who's behind this this interesting show? Uh, Jordan. I, don't, P- I want you to tell me. Oh, yeah. I was thinking that, but I wasn't yeah. sure. I, I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. You got Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams both producing this this TV show. If if that's not a, a recipe for success there, I don't know. That sounds like right up my alley there. So August sixteenth, yeah, you can watch the first episode on August sixteenth. And lastly, Seth Rogen stars in an American Pickle. This HBO Max original movie follows an immigrant worker at a pickle factory who accidentally preserves who is accidentally preserved for a hundred years and wakes up in modern day Brooklyn. So I think he's working. In like the in like the 1900 early 1900s, and then he falls into some sort of uh, pickle factory machine thingy, and then he wakes up a hundred years later. And you can only imagine Seth Rogen, a fish out of water story. It sounds interesting. This comedy <laughs> is available in just a couple of days on August 6th. And so, and there you go, everybody. That's your new to streaming. And you know what? I know I didn't say everything. I didn't tell you guys everything that's coming new to streaming. But you know where you can go to get out information, Ernesto? Think, think in the Instagram. Go that Inst- might be the place to go. Uh, yes, it is. You can go to Insta. You can go to our Instagram page at box office underscore bingers, where you can see the full lineup of all the new to streaming coming to this month. And you won't disagree. You're going to find a whole bunch of extra stuff on there. But we're going to tease that a little bit later on this show. Uh, but definitely, you can check out more new to streaming uh, on our Instagram page. You won't regret that. And so that's all the news. That's all the streaming we have for you guys this month. Be sure to come back next month. We'll give you a little heads up of what's happening. Uh, but now. We're going to go on to what you're watching. So, Ernesto, what do you got for us? Um, I actually don't have a lot this week. As you know, with, you know, as we mentioned before, we've been a rough week with the hurricane and, you know, life in general. Right. <laughs> so, 
besides Greyhound, I've got I've, I've got one episode left of his Dark Materials. I watched the penultimate. I'm getting ready for the finale. Um, it's good. It's good. I I, def, I guess I just expected a little bit more, but I also have to remember that it is geared towards children. It's not meant for it's not really meant for adults, but it's enjoyable. Um, I started watching Down to Earth. Oh, with Zach Efron. Zac Efron thing after, yeah, you and Laura uh, recommended it last week. So I mean, it was it's really entertaining. It's you know, they, I think there's a lot of good information that's portrayed in that in, in that. Uh, I thought the water episode was really interesting, where him and Anna Kendrick they go and they sit down and try the different types of water. Yeah. And how water can be different, the different minerals that are in water, and how you can taste it. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, also. Um, we started, I think I, I haven't mentioned it on the show yet, but we started watching Defending Jacob on Apple TV. Okay. With Chris Evans. Yeah. Have you seen that? Did you, I think, did you watch that? I, I, I think it was when we had Brian on the show, he, he said that he started or, and or finished it and he gave some good reviews about it, but I haven't, I have not watched it, but is it, it is on my watch list for Apple TV. It's good. It's really great. Chris Evans does a great he does a great job. It's a great story. It's a little, the pace is a little slow, but there's so much going on that it still pulls you. You're still managed to stay pulled into the, to what's happening. Okay. Um, I do feel like I, we were what we're. There's, it's only six episodes. We're about halfway through, but maybe like at the end of episode two, going into three, me and my wife were like, uh, we. I think I know how this is going to end. Okay. So we think we may have called it. I wrote, I wrote it down in my notes, like <laughs> episode three. This is how I think this is going to end. That way, when we get to the end, we'll see if I'm right or not. Let's see if you're right. Uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, other than that, that's really all I got this week. What you got? Okay. Uh, well, actually, I do have a question for you. Is His Dark Materials tailored for children? I thought that was more of an adult-ish show. Uh, it's like a TV-14 it's like a not like kids, but like um, preteens, like tweens, young adult age, okay. like uh, young adult reader age. Okay. Elementary, maybe like, like late elementary, early middle school, somewhere in that range. Really, I always like every time I saw the trailers and people talk about it, it didn't sound like it was a show, a show that that was geared for like a teenage market. I thought it was more like an adult ish show i guess i guess i'll have to watch it and find out that would be a big surprise to me no and the only reason and one of the main reasons i say that so there's like this really intense battle between two of the bears like two of the bears within the series and in the book they go into incredible detail about the fight that happens between them and in the show it's kind of like you hear it happening but you don't see any of it happening and for hbo to hide to hide a gory fight scene like that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they clearly made a choice. You know what I mean? They, that for a younger audience. Okay, that, that's I, when you put it that way. I'm like, yeah, because you know we've seen Game of Thrones, we've seen Westworld. They're not they're not shy of straying away uh, from yeah. <laughs> from gory stuff. Uh, Pushing somebody's eyeballs and crushing their skull. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's, that's the, for those who don't know that. That's a reference to something that happens in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Yeah, that was 
that was kind of earlier on in the season. But yeah, yeah, that was a it's a very classic moment. It's a very you know as soon as you said it, like yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, eyes, brains, skull, screaming. Mm -hmm. Yep, I remember. Yep. Yep. (laughs) You don't have to say any more like, oh, that? Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely remember all that. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it sounds like a short week. You know, I also had not uh, – I also had like a – I didn't watch a lot this week as well. Not much to, Not much I got my hands on. But I was able to watch two movies this week. Uh, one of them <laughs> – one of them is very obscure. But I saw the trailer. I'm like, this, this could either go two ways. This could be <laughs> – Really interesting, or just off the walls, batshit crazy. This is stupid. Um, I feel like we hit a, a range in the middle there. I saw a movie. It's only an hour and twelve minutes long. It it just classifies itself as a movie. It's on Hulu right now, and it's called VHS. So instead of VH, instead of VH uh, VHS, it's VH yes Y E S. Okay. And it's a uh, it's a movie that and like the premise is what kind of caught me right so this this is a 12 year old kid in the looks like the 1980s who like gets like a camcorder for Christmas or steal his dad's old camcorder and so the whole movie is kind of based off of that like it through that camcorder setting but then he like he's recording over the previous footage that was on there as well as like plugging the recorder into the TV so he can see late night shows that his parents don't allow him to watch after hours. So he's like plugging it in and like, okay, I'm just going to record it through the camcorder. So at the very beginning, like we start off like with like some like wedding footage and then like it instantly cuts and you see like this little kid playing with it. And then it cuts back to the wedding footage and it goes back to like, like, Hey, what do you got there? It's like, is that a fresh tape? Is that a new tape you got there? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you didn't grab that tape from anywhere else, did you? I'm like, no, no, no. And then it instantly cuts back to the wedding footage. And then it goes oh, back. Oh, you recorded over the wedding? Oh, yeah, you recorded over the wedding. So, like, and so now you see, like, this 12-year-old kid. And there was a good joke where, like, they were, like, uh, like putting, like, bottle rockets out in the middle of nowhere somewhere. And so the kid's with his friend with this recorder. And he was like, hey, are you recording? You got to push the red button. You, we got we to gotta get this. This is all amazing. And so he's like. He's like, oh, I got to push the red button. He's like, yeah. And so when he pushed the button, it went like the screen went to black for a quick second. And then next time we see, he's like, that was amazing. So like, obviously he was recording before when he pushed the button again, it wasn't recording. And then when we got it, like we missed all the aftermath of it. So it was like a cute movie. But the part where it gets really weird is when we plug the TV into, when we plug the camera into the TV and he starts recording on the late night like comedy and that's when like you see some familiar faces like familiar actors and they go to some like off the wall weird comedy bits where i'm like what the hell am i watching like is this like the weird shit that you see on like late night late night tv in the 80s and so there was like this one this one lady who was like doing like a parody of Bob Ross and she's like, yeah, so we're just going to go here and we're just going to paint this little painting right here and we're just going to get the, 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 the strokes really nice. And so like the first image you see is like a, a close up of like some mountains or whatever. And then like it slowly yeah. and it slowly like pans out and she's like playing basketball with a famous uh, 
um, a famous uh, basketball player who's also giving her pleasure in the painting at the same time they're playing basketball. And I'm like, what? What's going on? And she's like, you really got to get the curls and the hairs right here. You really got to get those. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? What, what's what's happening? Uh, so you get a lot of weird <laughs> shit like that. And then like, and then like, and then it just kind of plays off because you see the kid like maybe changing the channel and then it goes to like some infomercial. And then you have like, um, a parody of like late night crimes happening. And it's, it's like a hosh pause of a lot of weird stuff, but you know what? I was into it. It was, it was just funny enough for me to continue watching for the very short runtime of an hour and 12 minutes. So if you're looking for something obscure, that's that's your movie right there for you. VHS on Hulu right now. VHS. Uh, VHS. Yes, you're right. Um, and then th- there was also an interesting message on like how we consume content today. It was weird, but I was like, oh, okay, I kind of like that. There was like a little bit of a message, <laughs> very small, but it was there. Um, so yeah, I thought it was I thought it was an interesting movie. You can go check that out on Hulu. And then we also got I got this from the library and. I feel like I, I achieved something today, Ernesto. I scaved the the $20 price point rental fee once again, and we finally got Trolls World Tour through the library. <laughs> and, uh, and it was all right. It's not, not nothing. <laughs> would, I, would I have been upset if I paid 20 bucks? Maybe a little bit. Uh, but also... <laughs> This this movie's not for me, obviously. This is not geared to me, but I am interested. I like the music's good. I thought the premise was interesting. You know, a group of a group of trolls wanting to uh, like like the first movie kind of focused on the pop trolls and whatever adventure they went on because I don't remember what the movie was about. And then the second one is kind of like the rock trolls want to take over the lands, and so they're visiting other musical trolls around the land. So like you visit, um, like uh, what else? Like DJ uh dj troll world obviously our heroes are the the pop trolls there's classical trolls that they they go and kind of venture off to and then they have some other obscure sounds and i think there was like there and there was a message within there it's kind of like a a message of unity more or less that that was like the big thing that they're trying to say like not we shouldn't just be one group of music i think all music should be just all together all the time, more or less, you know, with, with the prism of trolls in it, but instead of trolls, you also have music and then there's unity. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, kind of very similar and very interesting, timely to equality. If I was going to give it some sort of like serious take on it, but for the most part, it was, it was a, it was a kid's movie. I can't really (laughs) go too much into it. It it was a kid's movie (laughs) that had a lot of music in it. Can't look too much into it. Don't, yeah. It's not, don't look. Don't look for so much depth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's it. Those are the only two movies I got. I was able to get in, and obviously, uh, we watched Greyhound. So uh, here's your spoiler warning. Here's your. We're about to give you our spoiler review on Greyhound, starring Tom Hanks. And so Ernesto, before we recorded, gave me a little tease on what you what you what you got from the movie. But I want to hear your full review right now. So what do you think of Greyhound? So. I that I didn't like it, but I really didn't like it. <laughs> like I just, I don't know. Like I just, I found myself being bored with this movie. Like obviously, this it's the fact that it's based on true events that that's great. 
And you know what? It must have been crazy when that shit happened. But the way that they portrayed that story to me was just not entertaining. But I do think that this movie would have done well. It's like with incredible surrounds. But I don't know. It kind of just it kind of just starts like, you know, the sound effects on the surround were great. Um, I thought it was kind of weird. They 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 showed a strange significance around the meal scenes. You know what I mean? When Butler bring him meals, like like almost everything in the movie stops to show like what he was being brought to eat and like what was happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So the, there was a couple of scenes where you had like this. Basically, it was one of the few only African American. Uh, roles in this movie where they're being act portrayed as butlers and they were kind of going around and trying to serve Tom Hanks who is the captain and I felt like that was maybe a sign of like you can see maybe how much time had passed and also like you can tell he wasn't eating but you can tell other people around the crew were trying to look for his well-being because he should be eating. But every time they brought him food, there was like, never mind about the food. I got shit to do. And I really need to focus on these U-boats that are attacking me. Yeah. I mean, I wish there would have been more detail surrounding Tom Hanks. Like, it wasn't until that I looked it up on IMDb that they, that they listed him as an inexperienced u.s navy commander like they kind of talk about in the beginning with his when he's talking with his wife but like i didn't get that full sense from him until i read until i read the the description you know what i mean like he seemed like a very capable commander who was able to handle his fleet obviously i i did not know he was inexperienced the fact that you said that is news to me like it it did you're right i do agree with you it did feel like he was like an experienced person yeah, it said, if that's what the description, several months after the U.S. In, entry into World War II, an inexperienced U.S. Navy commander must lead an Allied convoy being stalked by German by a German submarine wolf pack. Huh. Yeah, I did not know he was inexperienced. It didn't seem like it, because even in the beginning of the movie, he was like, it looked like he was visiting, like, the love of his life. Or uh, whoever Elizabeth uh, Shue, I think believe, I believe his name, her, her name was Elizabeth Shue. Uh, you know, she was in there very brief, but I was just kind of just like maybe for Tom Hanks's character, perhaps something to hold on to, like your love in back at home. And uh, yeah, it didn't see. It looked like he was like in between like uh, deployments or just trying to go out and visit her. And and it just that's the that's the vibe that I felt. But I mean, maybe also because of Tom Hanks's age, I just felt like he was an experienced captain. I didn't I there's no way in my mind that I ever got the impression that he wasn't experienced. Yeah, like it. I mean, you could have written that into his character, like his character could have maybe fumbled, maybe like maybe in the beginning maybe hesitated on some decisions, but like when shit was going down, he was like, hard right or right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know about shit. <laughs> yeah. You got one of them. I actually wrote down. But, I, but you know, but like, I just, I, there wasn't a lot of emphasis. There was a lot of emphasis on like the actual fights, like the sea battles, which is obviously, that's what you want from a World War II movie. So 
that's probably that's one of the positives of the film but i don't know i just felt like i didn't get a lot i felt like i needed more backstory on um captain kraus it was tom hanks character yeah you know you make you bring up a good point now i'm i'm gonna say this i didn't not like the movie i act i liked the movie i didn't love the movie i'm not raving about the movie but i enjoyed it for what it was but and it, it was kind of like halfway through i was getting the gist of it because i felt like we got very little backstory and obviously by us just saying that we didn't know he was an experience kind of just Correct. serves that serves that purpose we were kind of more or less within the first 10 minutes thrown into a situation that it, it took me a while to understand what the situation was because Correct. I didn't, I didn't know what was happening until like the first action sequence was kind of done. And I was like, what are we doing? And then they kind of, the story kind of unfolded itself. And I was like, all right, I'm now I'm picking up what what's happening. But I felt like, like you were saying the movie did a poor job of like giving us more details. This was not a long movie. It was just about an hour and a half. So like we could have spent that yeah. 10 minutes to showcase some of the, you know, you know lay, lay the groundwork. Where are we at? Like, you know, you know, we could have easily spent an extra 10 minutes. In the need beginning. A more of a foundation. Yeah, exactly. And so I will say that that's where it, it could, that's where a lot of its downfall is. You were saying about the food. I didn't think that was necessary at all. But if you're going to showcase it, I think if you're going to make it, I just felt like they made it, they tried to make it like a point. Like they made it a point to show you these scenes, but they didn't tell you why. Like I just felt like I, like you're showing me that this is important, but I understand why. Maybe that's my fault, but well, maybe not really. Because if you're gonna show me something in a movie and you're not gonna explain it to me, like I don't know, give me some, give me something to work, work with. Like I felt like I don't, like I still, even now, I feel like I didn't really get the significance of it. Right. And like and as me just trying to explain it to you, that's just a theory that I had, like maybe, again, showcasing that time had passed like between meals or you can tell that he was so stressed out that he wasn't eating at all. And like people were trying to like give him a break, but he wasn't taking it. And so maybe that's where some of like the inexperiencedness came in and like maybe a naval captain should learn when to eat every once in a while. I don't think that's the case or the message they were trying to portray here. Uh, but I. I do agree with you. I felt like if you left those scenes out of the movie, it doesn't change the movie or anything about the story. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you have that. And then I will say this. I, I feel like when the action scene started, you did have a couple of intense naval ship moments in the movie. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, the battles, I think the battle, that's where this, I think that's where this film is going to shine. Like, if, if anything, like, you know, the, the plot of it, I mean, granted, it's a true story or whatever, but, like, it's, like, like I felt like the main focus, the epic, epicness of the battles. I mean, there was points where, like, my surround sound is, like, one side is picking up the waves, moving on one side. Like, you could tell, like, I could hear the amount of detail that they put into the sound quality of this film. Right. Yeah, and, and talk, let's talk about the sound for a second. I was very impressed with the score as well as the, you know, the overall atmosphere of what we were having. Like you were saying, like I had surround sound as well, and it was kind of like 
you know, it was loud. You know, when when the when the guns were going off, the ripples of the waves, the intensifying the scene. It was like it was really well mixed. Like the sound was mixed very well. But what I really liked was when the like the I guess what they're calling it the wolf pack, the the U boats were coming in and they had their own distinct score. It was like a woo. It was almost sounded like a whale noises, mm. and that's what I was kind of getting from it. It was almost like a whale on the hunt. So it sounded like a mix of whales, but also maybe it was like almost a mix of like whale noises and a wolf howling into one mix. And that plays, that plays, that plays a lot into what, cause the German, that German group, they would call them, they were like considered like the wolf pack. So that makes right. a lot of sense. And I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. And so like that, I really enjoyed like listening to it because, you know, you know, other movies, you, they have like their distinct theme. And so like at the yeah. very least, if you were confused, if you heard that noise, you're like, oh, OK, so the U-boats are nearby. All right. They're close. Yeah. <laughs> the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, they're near. Um, but yeah, so I really like that. And then so as as one does, if you find something interesting, you look it up. I looked at the composer of this movie. His name is Blake Neely, right? And I and is this the first time he uh, composed a film in over ten years? So like he's been out of the film game, I should say, for a while. But Ernesto, he has been very busy on the television market, and, and you know, with all the the shows that we watch. I think that you would be pleasantly surprised to hear on some of the other projects he's worked on. I think the CW has this guy pretty well occupied at the moment because he is responsible for the sounds and the themes you hear in Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, Riverdale, and the Netflix series You as well. So... Mm. I, you know, when I saw that name, I I thought, wow, I was like, why does that name look so familiar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now you know, because you basically see him in the credits of every CW show you've ever watched in your life. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I love The Flash. I can't, I wish, man, I wish I can, like, something along those lines where, like, that's what The Flash is. I think I butchered it. There you go. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Music from Matt and Ernesto, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have us do your next course, do that. There, there you go. <laughs> we got. We were getting an album before the end of the year of our take on movie and TV scores. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it. So like the fact that he 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 was able to do this. Um, makes you know it's kind of like elevates me a little bit more I'm like oh I'm, I'll have like a more appreciation for this composer if anything and also like they had like the, the the ending credit score which was really which was like really intense and it's very cinematic and um, I so I really enjoyed that uh, but yeah so going back to the action sequences I thought they were really intense you know Tom Hanks he was yelling things I've never heard of before and he was yelling them a lot like, I wrote some of them down. He was yelling numbers, you know, hey, switch this to 27 knots and, and do this and there. Like, right rudders, left rudders, hard right rudders, uh, yeah, contact yeah. bearings. <laughs> I was like, what? what? And, like, and also, to, to kind of 
to knock it a little bit. It, the, yes, those scenes were intense, but when you were when you didn't establish a, a great foundation, and then all of a sudden you start yelling numbers and words I've never heard of before, like it just adds to the confusing a little bit of what was ha- actually happening in the beginning of this movie, and the yeah. fact that it took a while for us to get there um, was. Uh, again, the problem, because it's hard to invest in a movie where all of a sudden you're like, what's going on? Like, you kind of lose yourself a little bit when you're kind of confused. And you don't know if it's like, is it because of my lack of not knowing what, how the Navy ships work in the, in the in the World War II? I don't know. So, like, is it that authentic or do I need to do more research or does the film need to, like, do a little bit of, of like, uh, uh, just add a little bit more so the viewer, the common viewer can understand it? I don't know. Yeah, it, or maybe, or maybe it's not a film that's really meant for like a casual viewer. It's meant for somebody right. who knows shit about that, because they're like, "Oh, wow, he turned, wow, he turned like that." Like I could see somebody who knows what they're talking about being yeah. way more invested in that story. It's like, "Oh, wow, he turned this way." Well, that means that this has to happen. Like somebody who understands the mechanics of how those boats work. Right. Um, I also felt like this movie. <laughs> I wrote it down, and it said, "Yeah." It's it's probably if we were going to like say this movie in one sentence, this is what I would say this movie is. Right. It's the most intense, fast paced game of battleship you ever see on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Because like the way that oil and debris. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The way that they're like they're like fastly repeating all of these words. It was like, D7, we missed, Captain! <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move some right shutters, leftovers. And then there's that part at the end where he's like, oh, it's time for me to rest. Can yeah. you get my slippers? Yeah. And then nobody addressed that his fucking feet are bleeding or that he's like, that there's blood all over his shoes. Like, <laughs> nobody's gonna. Nobody addresses it. Nobody talks about it. It's like we're fine. We're alive. That's all that really matters. We made that's, it. That's how intense that game of Battleship was. It was so bad and so intense that his feet were bleeding. <laughs> Man, his little tootsies were bleeding. His <laughs> <laughs> little tootsies were bleeding. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Captain, sir, I don't know if you realize, but your feet are bleeding. We need to have, just sit down for a second, please. It's... <laughs> sir, your socks are soaked in blood. I know that we just defeated all these Germans, and there's like a lot of crazy shit happening right now, but that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that you we need, need to, to get now, these... We need to now address that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can can we? I would like to reveal. I would like to give this movie five more minutes to explain your bloody feet, Captain. I would really need to know what's happening with the blood on your feet. Yes, thank you. Um, but you but know, yeah. maybe at the end we should have gotten some resolution. Like, you know, all that was for his that lady he loved and how much he loved his faith. Why not give us a scene of him of them going to church together or something? Yeah. He could be wearing the slippers or I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, because even like because we know that he, the the love of his life, you know, uh, the the person that he was kind of looking forward to go home, like we knew that that was a gift from her, but we don't know what the significance was because even in that moment, that that those slippers didn't like give him any extra confidence. It felt like he was already done. It's not like because he was wearing the slippers he was able to do more than what he wasn't doing with the boots. And because of that, this was a symbol of hope. And like, it was able to get me through the next stage of this intense battle. No, his feet hurt. So give me the slippers. 
<laughs> Give me the slippers. Give me the slippers. Uh, yeah, I thought it was um, – well, I mean, and then also Tom Hanks. I, he's great. I thought he did a great job not knowing now that he uh, – he, uh, you know, he was an, an amateur at, at this, at, at being a captain. But regardless of that, I mean, Tom Hanks, he said those numbers and letters and all those words very well and very convincing. So I'll give him credit for that. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed his performance. I didn't have anything wrong with his performance. I thought it was great. I mean, if anything, one of the better parts about this movie, uh, again, like we were saying, the action sequences were great. Uh, I, I think they kind of gave us an atmosphere, of maybe the threat level of the situation. It was definitely like the threat was there. It was real. I understood that part very clearly. Like that was well understood of like, I know like this is serious. I don't know to what level of seriousness was, but we can, uh, we can all understand the moment of survival and what you need to do. Well, he says, um, he says at one point in the film, they're, you know, they're like, well, well, he's like, we lost, he said 72,000 souls were lost for science. It's like, yeah, we may be alive, but we lost 72,000 people. Like, that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of people who are not here or, you know, whose lineage is gone based off that one day. And they were like they were killing ships left and right, like, and you can tell like that you can see it in Tom Hanks's face. And now the fact that you you say that he was inexperienced kind of maybe holds some more weight to the story of like you can just see one after the other. Probably maybe he was looking at people that were more experienced than him, just getting you know destroyed left and right based off these U-boats that we never saw. And he was making like it looks like he was making like radical decisions. That like because even some of the, his crewmates were like looking at him when he made a call. I'm like, are you sure you want to do that? And and he's like, yeah, do it. And ended up working out his benefit and actually saving his crew members. So, but it it I'm really having a hard time believing that he was he was inexperienced. Every time I'm I'm saying something about this movie, I'm like, are you sure he's inexperienced? Because it did seem like he knew he was talking about. There was only like a few instances. Right where it didn't look like he knew he was talking about. So that's really weird to, to, that, that you said that. Um, well, uh, I'm just, I've, I found something pretty interesting on um, Cinema Blend did an article, which we'll link in the description, um, just stating that, that the ending of the movie is not, depending on how you look at it, is really, uh, could be construed as not a happy ending because, you know, you feel triumphant from the battle, but we have to remember that this battle takes place at the beginning of World War Two. Right. So imagine going through all that shit. Like, this is just the beginning of the war that's a that's that's to come. So maybe it's right. like he was already struggling with that. Who's to know what happens to him? I mean, I haven't looked. I don't. I don't know his history or what happened later. But you know, what happens to them? later on like how many more losses and battles do they have to deal with right before they he actually retires it it almost felt like that it was like a a very it was a triumphant victory but not a victory big enough to end any wars it was just like a typical day in yeah in 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 the ocean of when when fighting this war because tomorrow it could be a lot worse and even that kind of makes sense too because even at the end of the movie he was like hey i did all this stuff 
And, you know, he was going into like British territories and he was like, don't worry, Captain, we'll take it from here. And he was like, you know what? I kind of prefer to stay with the group. We've been through a lot and I kind of want to see this through. He's like, no, nope, no worries. We'll bring you to safety and we'll we'll take it from here. Thanks for all the good work we did. And so, like, it almost felt like that his work wasn't justified to even him. He's like, I just did all of this and I get zero yeah. recognition. Yeah, exactly. So. It, it, it's like it's, it sounds like a, like a very small victory to uh to like a, a very bittersweet yeah and and the movie kind of started it kind of ended where it started because we we see him like getting off from the bed and like washing his face and getting ready for the day and then it looked like he didn't end up going back to bed until like maybe three days later it looked like it took over the course of maybe two to three days of that one little situation that he was kind of going through. So, um, so there was kind of like that bittersweet and you can tell like the people around him were giving him gratitude of like, he did a job well done toward the end of the movie. But I felt like if I'm trying to like piece together this movie, like maybe even though he was getting all the recognition from his crewmates and the people that were, uh, in, in the water with him to him, he felt like maybe he failed because he could have made better decisions or made better calls than, than he would have wanted to, which I guess, you know, as a captain, you always felt like you could do better. And I think Tom Hanks did a good job of kind of expressing that. I mean, that's true in like any kind of leadership form. You know, if you lose even one person, like, well, what what could I have done to save that person or not let or not let this thing happen? I mean, can you only imagine how high the stakes are in that kind of situation? Like, right. you know, we talk about stuff happening here. That that's that shit is literal life and death. Right, exactly. Like one one wrong decision, and he could have killed everybody on his ship and yep. everybody who they were who they were who they were there to protect anyway. Exactly, and I felt like the crew were like thinking that hey, I think you might have made a wrong decision, sir, but we're going to go with you because you're a captain. So, yeah, yeah. So, so there's that. Uh, so I, I guess as as we wrap this up, so what, what do you think? Would you recommend for people to, to catch this movie? Do you think this is a good movie that kind of landed on Apple TV Plus? They spent $70 million to acquire the film. This movie was supposed to be released in theaters for Memorial Day weekend, um, and obviously that did not happen. So where, where do you think? you think this would have fared well in the theater? you think people would have, you know, not – it would not have made enough money? you think it was better off on a streaming service? How, what are your thoughts on that? I think – it would have been much better in the theaters. I mean, this movie would have been incredible to watch in Dolby. Yeah. Crystal clear Dolby surround sound on that big ass screen. That would have been, that would have been a great movie to watch, but um, I think it's going to do well. It'll do well given the climate that we're in. It'll do well on the, on Apple TV plus, but it's clearly, this is one of those movies that's clearly made for the theaters and that yeah. will probably do okay because it's not if somebody doesn't have that set up also i think you need to be you need to have interest in world war ii con like you need to be interested in that era in world war ii like if if that's your wheelhouse if you like watching stuff like that i think this would this is definitely the movie for you yeah i i kind of agree with that it's like this is definitely a movie that is tailored to a specific demographic obviously and so I feel like if that's like in your wheelhouse, yeah, I, I think this is a movie for you. If you're more on the rom-com uh, situation, maybe you might want to pass it. I don't think you get much out of this. This movie wasn't no. very funny or romantic or anything like that. Uh, but it was it was intense. Uh, but yeah, I think people should give it a watch, especially if you have Apple TV Plus. I think 
I think the Apple TV Plus is slowly getting a good library of original content. And, and I'm honestly looking forward to see what else they come out with. Um, and so, yeah, so I definitely recommend people giving a watch. But anything else you want to add, Ernesto? No, I think that's it. That's all we got. All right, guys. I that's think all that's we that's all we got for yeah, that's all we got for you guys this week. Yeah, we're, we're trying to say the same thing here. We're, we're dealing yeah, exactly. with the internet. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like that's all the time we have for you guys this week. Uh, but you know where you can get more more from us, Ernesto? I think we might have mentioned it earlier, but I, you can, I, think, I think you can always catch more from us from somewhere. I, I don't, um, the name escapes me right now. Yeah, I think maybe Instagram? Maybe Insta- that's it. Instagram, box yeah. office underscore binges yes yeah i think that that sounds about right yes instagram go to our instagram page at box office underscore binges you know you know what we just finished doing we just finished a great round of movie showdown mondays we just highlighted uh robin williams and man did people come out for this one people had a lot of opinions on robin williams we put some of his performances down the ultimate face-off and you have to pick which performance which character you preferred over the other and we asked people about their favorite robin williams movie and people people responded there was a lot of different responses there wasn't a lot of people who gave us the same answer which is kind of interesting for like a line of work for robin williams to have a lot of people gave us a, a vast of different answers. I think only like like two people might have said the same thing. But other than that, like everybody had a different response. So uh, thank you for everybody who participated in Movie Showdown Mondays. It's been a great hit lately. Um, so be sure to come back every Monday. We'll give you another creator, another actor, director, producer. We're going to put their line of work to the test. Uh, seems like people are seeming to enjoying it. So every Monday you can catch it. Every Wednesday. You can come over and we're going to give you recognizing the movie behind recognizing the music behind the movie where we kind of give you a film score. You have to try to guess it in 24 hours. We'll get we'll give you the answer and uh, give you some little behind the scenes on how they developed that score. It's all a great time. And then on Fridays, you can catch your new to streaming what you can expect from that week. It's all there. Fresh takes latest binges new to streaming. It's all there. You can just go to our Instagram at box office underscore bingers. You will definitely not be disappointed. And for that, I've been Matt Diaz. I've been Ernesto Santos. See ya.